0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Phoenix Society. I am your girl, Range Joy, your favorite metaphysical philosopher and hype girl. I am here to teach you what you should have learned in school. Today, we will be going over Chapter 11 from Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. All right, my Phoenixes, time to rise. Class is now in session. Chapter 11, How to Unlock Your Real Personality. Personality is not so much something that is acquired from without as something that is released from within. When we say that a person has a good personality, what we really mean is that he has freed and released the creative potential within him and is able to express his real self. The person with a poor personality does not express the creative self within. The word inhibit literally means to stop, prevent, prohibit, restrain inhibited personality has imposed a restraint on the expression of the real self for one reason or another he is afraid to express himself afraid to be himself and has locked up his real self within an inner prison the symptoms of inhibition are many and varied shyness timidity self-consciousness hostility feelings of excessive guilt insomnia nervousness irritability inability to get along with others Our own built-in servo mechanism works in the same way. We must have negative feedback in order to operate purposefully, in order to steer our way or to be guided to a goal, right? So when things aren't going as you are um, affirming or visualizing in your 3D reality, all it is is a sign that you need to keep persisting, right? You keep persisting until it is a hardened fact. And how do you know it's a hardened fact? Well, it's a constant in your new reality, right? Your current reality, right? negative feedback does not say stop period it says what you are doing is wrong but it does not say it is wrong to do anything yet where negative feedback is excessive or where our own mechanism is too sensitive to negative feedback the result is not modification of response total inhibition of response right you'll find this a lot with people who were criticized when they were young um because sometimes people find it easier to do nothing if they don't feel they would be able to do it right perfect so it's easier just to procrastinate and do nothing right if people can't come to terms with making decisions it's usually because they don't want to make the wrong decision because they were overly criticized when they were young so it has caused them to as he said just stop and become stale and, and don't do anything right but um since you are now realizing that you are the creator of your reality you now know that everything was is within your power and that if those people are criticizing you they're only telling you things that you feel inside so there, again you're going to use that negative feedback as a, as a signpost or a guiding post as to what you need to work out belief and assumptions wise right yet many of us are guilty of just so foolish a conclusion to our attention that our manner of expression is of course missing the mark or wrong we conclude the self-expression itself is wrong or that success for us is wrong keep in mind that excessive negative feedback has the effect of interfering with or stopping completely the appropriate response right And this can be seen in people who do not persist in getting their desires, right? It doesn't go your way. The 3D isn't conforming as fast as you would like. So you just give up and say it doesn't work for you instead of just keep persisting, right? Because you're going to have to get inside the habit of being strong and believing in yourself. And I know that could be the hardest thing to do is to believe in you. But that is what you have to start doing. You have to start expecting the best. Right. We were taught to not to to always expect the worst. We were always taught not to get our hopes up, but you have to start programming yourself to do the opposite now, because expectance leads to fulfilled desire as well. Conscious self-criticism makes you do worse. Writing in the British scientific journal Nature, Dr. E. Colin Cherry stated his belief that stuttering was caused by excessive monitoring. When excessive negative feedback or self-criticism was eliminated, inhibition disappeared and performance improved. When there was no time for worry or too much carefulness in advance, expression immediately improved. Excessive carefulness leads to inhibition and anxiety. These people can be helped, and often remarkably, by training in relaxation techniques. They learn to relax from excessive effort and purposing, and not to be overly careful in trying to avoid errors or failures. Excessive carefulness or being too anxious not to make an error is a form of excessive negative feedback, right? And if all you're doing is putting your attention on messing up, that is what you're going to continuously do. Instead, you should be focusing on succeeding. You should be focusing on always being right, always getting it right, always doing a great job, right? Both have to do with too much concern for possible failure or doing the wrong thing and making too much of a conscious effort to do right, right? And you have to think, ask yourself, who am I trying to prove myself to, right? Because you are the creator of your reality. You are responsible for everything that is going on in your reality, including how you are interacting with people, right? And when you are starting to worry about being wrong or failing, it's because you are caring what people think of you. Right. You are putting your power externally when the only thoughts and and assumptions and beliefs that matter are yours. Right. Because people show up how you expect them to, how you believe they will, how you assume they will. Right. So if you are always uh, finding that you're doing everything wrong, then people are going to reflect that uh, back to you. Right. But the first step into not caring what people think is reminding yourself who's in charge and that people do not have free will in your reality, just like you do not have free will in theirs, right? People have to show up and play the parts you wrote for them. The value of indifference. Who are the scholars who get rattled in the recitation room, asked William James. Those who think of the possibilities of failure and feel the great importance of the act. Self-consciousness is really others' consciousness. The cause and effect relationship between excessive negative feedback and what we call self-consciousness can be readily seen. What others think creates inhibition. When you become too consciously concerned about what others think, when you become too careful to consciously try to please other people, when you become too sensitive to the real or fancy disapproval of other people, then you have excessive negative feedback, inhibition, and poor performance. The way to make a good impression on other people is never consciously try to. Make a good impression on them. Never act or fail to act, purely for consciously contrived effect. Never wonder consciously what the other person is thinking of you, how he is judging you, right? And one way to stop yourself from worrying about what another person thinks, is to remind yourself that a person thinks whatever you think they think, whatever you assume they think, whatever you believe that they think, right? So that, again, your power, right? It's all in your hands, right? And you have to get used to not giving your power away. And again, as you're learning this, You're coming, overcoming how many years of thinking of the world in one way. That's why it takes practice. That's why it takes constant and visual observance of your thoughts, right? Because when you're observing your thoughts, you can catch them and examine them to help you find out the root cause. And once you find the root cause and you can rationally explain it to yourself why that no longer applies to you, that that feeling stops showing up as often, right? For example, if you're mulling over how someone isn't being a friend to you, right? Why they aren't, or, or, or if you want to watch someone so stupid, you remind yourself that you assumed that they would be that way. Right, you remind yourself that you have the power. You remind yourself that no one has free will in your reality, right? You constantly remind yourself that you are in control. You are the creator. You constantly try to stay into the state of creator. Because once you start blaming the other person, you are looking externally and you're giving up your power. When at the end of the day, everything is caused by your thoughts, your assumptions, and your belief. That's why you have to be vigilant. You have to constantly remind yourself of this stuff until it becomes hammered in right because anything new takes time right but once you get the hang of it it won't be as hard obviously how a salesman cured self-consciousness Manigan cured his self-consciousness by remembering how he had felt and how he had acted when he was eating in the kitchen with mom pa then when he walked into a high class dining room he would imagine or pretend that he was going to eat with mom and pa and act that way this attitude of being immune to strangers or strange situations, this total disregard for all the unknown or unexpected has a name. It is called poise. Poise is the deliberate shunning aside of all fears arising from new and un- uncontrollable circumstances. Dr. Albert Edward Wiggum, psychologist, lecturer, and author of several books on the mind, said that in his early years he was so painfully self-conscious he found it all but impossible to recite in school. He avoided other people and could not talk to them without hanging his head. He constantly fought his self-consciousness and tried hard to overcome it, all to no avail. Then one day he got a new idea. His trouble was not self-consciousness at all. It was really excessive others' consciousness. He was too painfully sensitive of what others might think of everything he said or did, every move he made. When alone, he was perfectly calm and relaxed, at ease, poised, and he could think of lots of interesting ideas and things to say. And he was also perfectly aware of and at home with himself. Then he stopped fighting and trying to conquer his self-consciousness and instead concentrated on developing more self-consciousness, feeling, acting, behaving, thinking as he did when he was alone without any regard to how some other person might feel about or judge him, right? So he began to act as if he was the man, right? Because remember, when you start caring about what other people think, when you start worrying about if they'll like you, that is low self-concept, right? You have low self-concept right you need to start working on your concept if that's a concern of yours right you need to start telling yourself that you're perfect in every way that you always do everything right that people love you right you need to start seeing those feelings reflecting upon those feelings so you can flip them to um thoughts that you do want to see transpire in your 3d reality right because once you realize that you are the creator of your reality and that people only show up as you assume believe or or think they will then you realize that it, you you can't blame you can no longer blame that person for their faults because you gave them to them. Right? So it's really not about worrying about what other people think. The only person you need to worry about is your thoughts because you are responsible for what is going on in your 3D reality. You are your biggest critic. You are the one actually saying all those negative things to yourself. Conscious doth make cowards of us all. Conscious itself is a learned negative feedback mechanism having to do with morals and ethics. If the learned and stored data is correct concerning what is right and what is wrong, and if the feedback mechanism is not overly sensitive but realistic, the result is that we are relieved from the burden of having to decide constantly as to what is right and wrong. Conscious steers us or guides us down the straight and narrow to the goal of correct, appropriate, and realistic behavior insofar as ethics and morals are concerned. Conscious work automatically and subconsciously as does any other feedback system. Your conscious can fool you, Dr. Emerson, Harry Emerson Dick. Your conscious itself can be wrong. Your conscious depends on your own basic beliefs concerning right and wrong. If your basic beliefs are true, realistic, and sensible, conscious becomes a valuable ally in dealing with the real world and in sailing upon the ethical sea. It acts as a compass that keeps you out of trouble, just as a mariner's compass keeps them off the reefs. But if your basic beliefs are themselves wrong, untrue, unrealistic, or nonsensical, these get your compass off true north, just as magnetic bits of metal can disturb the compass of the mariner and guide him into trouble rather than away from it, right? And this all comes down to what you assume to be true. What beliefs in the outside world have you adopted as yours without even questioning them? Because remember, you should start questioning everything from now on, right? So if you're making the rules of your reality, then you decide what is moral, right? Because really right and wrong doesn't exist. The job of your conscience is to make you happy, not miserable. The purpose of conscience is to help make us happy and productive, not the other way around. But If we are to let our conscience be our guide, our conscience must be based on truth. It must point to true north. Otherwise, blindly obeying conscience can only get us into trouble rather than out of it and make us unhappy and unproductive in the bargain. Much mischief results from our taking a moral position on matters that are not basically moral matters at all. For example, self-expression or lack of it is not basically an ethical question aside from the fact that it is is our duty to use the talents that our creator gave us. Your self-expression becomes morally wrong as far as your conscience is concerned. If you were squelched, shut up, shamed, humiliated, or perhaps punished as a child for speaking up, expressing your ideas, showing off. Such a child learns that it is wrong to express himself, to hold himself out as having any worthwhile ideals, or perhaps to speak at all. If a child is punished for showing anger or shame too much for showing fear, or perhaps made fun of for showing love, he learns that expressing his real feelings is wrong. Some children learn that it is sinful or wrong only to express the bad emotions, anger, and fear, when you inhibit bad emotions you also inhibit the expression of good emotions if every time a child comes up with an opinion he is squelched and put in his place he learns that it is right for him to be a nobody and wrong to want to be a somebody such a distorted and unrealistic conscience does indeed make cowards of us all we can become overly sensitive and become too carefully concerned with whether we have a right to succeed or even a worthwhile endeavor right and when you become too overly conscious of what other people think, it stops you from even trying to do your dream, for even trying to reach for your dream, right? And even if you do try to work, reach for your dream, you're not going to persist in it because if you don't get instant results, you're just going to assume all the negative thoughts you had about yourself are true and the cycle will, re- will repeat, right? Because at the end of the day, the whole point of this is not to, yes, yeah, to manifest your desires, but really it is to change you. The only person you are trying to change is you. Change yourself, change your world, right? You're not trying to change your ex. You're not trying to change your boss. You are trying to, you are only, you're working to change your perceptions of these situations. You're working to change how you react to these situations, right? Stage fright is a common and universal phenomenon. It becomes understandable when seen as a sus of negative feedback coming from a misguided conscience. Stage fright is a fear that we will be punished for speaking up, expressing our own opinion, presuming to be somebody, or showing off things that most of us learned were wrong and punishable as children. Stage fright illustrates how universal is the suppression and inhibition of self-expression, right? And now that you know you are the creator of your reality, none of this matters. You no longer have to worry about being somebody because whatever you desire to be is meant for you right it is already created for you you just have to live in the wish fulfilled disinhibition a long step in the opposite direction if you are among the millions who suffer unhappiness and failure because of inhibition you need to deliberately practice disinhibition you need to practice being less careful less concerned less conscientious you need to practice speaking before you think instead of thinking before you speak acting without thinking instead of thinking or considering carefully before you act. Right. And I'll even go a step further to say that you're looking for all your happiness and validation externally. And you need to start looking for all that you desire inside you because anything you desire is within you, right? You're not separate from your desires, but the work is done in order to feel that way. Right. That's why you affirm that is why you persist. That is why you visualize and use all those other techniques. It's because they're helping you to get into the state of being the person you now claim to be. They help make you stay there, right? And that's why you want to get into the habit of revisiting that place every time and as much as you can, especially if you're a beginner because the more repetition, the better, right? The straight and narrow path between inhibition and disinhibition. Balance and harmony are what is needed. How to tell whether you need disinhibition. The feedback signals that can tell you whether you are off course because of too little inhibition are numerous and include, you continually get yourself into trouble because of overconfidence. You habitually rush in where angels fear to tread. You habitually find yourself in hot water because of impulsive ill-considered actions. You have projects backfire on you because you always practice acting first and asking questions later. You can never admit you're wrong. You are a loud talker or blabbermouth. If you have too little inhibition, you need to think more of consequences before acting. You need to stop acting like a bull in a china shop and plan your activities more carefully. However, the great majority of people tend to exhibit too much inhibition, and the signals of too much inhibition are also many. You are shy around strangers. You dread new and strange situations. You feel inadequate, worry a lot, are anxious, overly concerned. You are nervous and feel self-conscious. You have nervous symptoms such as facial tics, blinking, your eyes unnecessarily, tremor, difficulty in going to sleep. You feel at ease in social situations. You hold yourself back and continually take a back seat. These symptoms show that you have too much inhibition, that you are too careful in everything, or that you plan too much. You need to follow St. Paul's advice to the Ephesians. Be careful in nothing, right? So you want to make a habit of being opposite than what you normally are to be to be quite honest right so if you're usually shy and quiet and if you don't like that about yourself if that's something that you've always wanted to change but this is your chance all you have to do is start telling yourself new thoughts seeing yourself in a new way right seeing yourself as that person who walks into a room confident held, held high, right? Not giving a blip what people are thinking about them, right? Because you can do that now. Because as soon as you claim that person, that's who you are now. And your actions and thoughts should be from that person. So when a situation pops up in your 3D reality, stop and think, if I were the person I now claim to be, would this bother me? How would I perceive the situation, right? By asking these questions, these are ways that you can logically explain to your rational mind why this is your new reality right you're treating your um rational mind like a baby every time you have to self-correct yourself you're treating your rational mind or your ego or your consciousness like a baby right you're redirecting it you're retraining it right so guys i intend that this has been helpful for you and i want you to go into the weekend with these thoughts one you are not doing techniques to get something you are doing these techniques to become the person you want to be right. You should see these techniques as becoming right as being there are tools to help you be that, which you desire to be right. You also want to get into the habit to get into the habit of asking yourself how would I act if I was this person on a daily basis, right? So you can control how you react to a situation, how you perceive a person, right? Get into that habit of assuming the best about a person, right? Get into that habit of ignoring when other people are judging people, right? And you can even be like, well, I wouldn't call the person that. And you can explain why you wouldn't judge them that way, right? Because at the end of the day, you're not a mind reader. And yeah, people believe and assume what you think of them right so if you're calling someone lazy well then that's how do you have to show up right you can't again you shouldn't be judging people by one isolated incident right or judging someone by something that has happened to you in the past right because they are not responsible for what happened to you 10 years ago live in the present moment right and and ask yourself when you're triggered ask yourself triggers are great moments to really reevaluate yourself right So if something triggers you, or or, or if a nagging thought pops up in your head, like maybe you're thinking about an ex or a friend that just ghosted you or something, those are your opportunities to tell yourself that it's never happened to you and explain what your new reality is, right? Or you can go even further in and try to figure out why that situation bothered you because if you figure out the assumption, then you can start assuming something different, right? Affirming or visualizing something different, right? but at the end of the day, take everything that goes on in your 3D reality, this is number three, as working in your favor, right? And when you start telling yourself that everything is working in your favor, and I think I said this in another episode, you're gonna be excited to wake up in the morning because you're gonna know that everything is always working out in your favor. You have nothing to worry about, right? And at some point, if you keep persistent in this, this will actually outpicture into your 3D reality, right? So what you guys have to learn to do is believe in your 4D reality just as much as you used to believe in your 3D reality, right? Now that you know that consciousness is the one and only reality, you need you now need to start putting all your focused beliefs into that. And seeing that as the fact and seeing that as the truth and anything opposing that is now fake news, right? It is now spam. It is now untrue, right? You know what I mean? Like, so let's say you are saying that you are always loved and cherished, right? And then a memory pops up. Cause remember your ego is going to throw things at you to remind you or try to remind you or keep you in line, but you're in control. You are the master of your mind, right? So when it throws up a, a example of that, not being true, you're going to tell it, oh yeah, no, that never ha- that has never happened to me. That must've been a bad dream and mm-hmm. remind it that no, because I've always been loved and shared. So that could never have happened to me, right? And when you use words like always and never, you're totally revising it because you're saying this has never happened to me or you're saying that this has always happened to me. Like there is no wiggle room in those words, right? So that's why you want to stay on top of your thoughts. Like that is really the biggest thing, staying on top of your thoughts so you can catch what's going on in there, right? Because if you don't, you're just unconsciously creating and you're not going to get what you want you're not even going to feel good right so i hope you have a great and amazing weekend remember that you have the ability to be do and have anything you want simply by going into your imagination and i hope you are taking that time to yourself to practice and strengthen your imaginative imaginative muscle (laughs) right So I wish you nothing but light, love, and abundance. Light, love, and abundance is all I see for you and for me. I will be back here with you Monday. Until then, wish you nothing but the best. All right, guys. Rains joy out.